formally introduce to you uh, a man who's been a friend of ours for some years now at Redeemer. He's one of our supported missionaries, uh, Jorge Aleman, uh, Reverend Jorge Aleman. He is a kind of a pastor extraordinaire. He's teaching pastors in, in uh, the Theological Institute of CPI. He's training pastors. He's pastoring a church. And, of course, he helps uh, oversee a lot of denominational um, strategic initiatives of church planting and a host of things. We're truly blessed to have him and these national church leaders here with us today. Jorge, we're blessed to have you because you're our friend, brother. Thank you. So welcome, and please welcome Jorge Alamán. First of all, I hope that you learned with the years uh, in a missions conference, every worship, and especially if you have a guest that is not from your country, to pray for the gift of tongues, okay? And you have a Mexican, probably you will have a Spanglish today. Therefore, if you study Spanish in high school or in a time, that's your time to use it, if you use, uh, hear my words. And especially uh, with the reading of the scripture. I think it's the most nervous thing to, to say is the reading of the scripture. But turn your Bibles in Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. The Word of God, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all saints in Christ Jesus who are at the Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all, in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with God with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the, with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, every time that we read the, your word and we come to the meditation of this word that comes from you, we need your grace that you can open our eyes to see you through your word, that you can open our ears to hear just your voice. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. A lot of people like fictions, movies, and books. I have a really good friend who his, how do you say, favorite channel is sci-fi. Therefore, I suffer every time that I travel with him. Because fiction movies and fiction books is not my thing. Really, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's not my, it's my, my, my brain doesn't work in that way. But it's very interesting that fictions, uh, movies, and, and books always has this, this topic, this theme, constantly to see if there is human beings, other people, in other worlds. I don't know if, we, if there is people in another world. I don't think so. But that stress the idea that we need communion with other people, that we desire the companionship, that we can't be alone. And really, God created us in that way. God, God created us to his image in order that we are not made to be alone. There is a theologian in, this, in the 12th century, Richard of St. Victor, says this, Since God is love, God could never have been isolated, solitary or lonely within himself. Rather, he has always existed in a family life or in the internal fellowship of the persons. God always has been existed in a family life. In this communion, in this fellowship of the persons. In church planting, there is really a great joy of knowing that we are not alone. There is really a great joy in a Christian life. That we are not alone. That we are working as what? As brothers and sisters. That we are working as just one body of Jesus Christ. And I think that's exactly what Paul is bringing in this, uh, in this prayer, in this thanksgiving at the Philippians. He, he's stressing the idea first, and I want to share these three things. That we are partners in prayer. We are partners in resources. That we are partners in the gospel. First of all, partners in prayer. The very first thing that I learned 20 years ago when I tried to be, to be a church planter, and I was sharing this in, the, in a Sunday school, uh, 20 years ago, Mission to the World asked me to be the church planter, like Gabriel was saying. And I didn't have any idea what to be a church planter. Uh, but they gave me the first manual of church planting. And the first chapter was get a group of people to pray for you. Get a group of people that really are committed to pray for you. Before that time, I have never realized 
how important was prayer for church planting. And that has been a key. Because if we think because our skills and our knowledge, our good preaching is going to build the church, we are really wrong. We need to bow down before the Lord and ask that he will bless us, that he will be gracious to us. And it's amazing how Paul says to, to the church, I always pray with, you, with joy. I always remember you in my prayers. And I always pray with joy. Paul was in prison because of the gospel. And he sent them this letter and he remembered the church. And when I, when, when I read that um, a few years ago, this, this phrase, I started asking myself, how can I always pray with joy? Literally, I can always be praying with, with joy? How can I do that? How Paul was saying that we can do that. And the only answer for that is the gospel. Uh, some of you know that in, in Monterrey, especially four or five years ago, the, this was this situation about the gangs, uh, the drug violence in, in Monterrey. And we have five years ago, really two, three years uh, of, of, of this violence in the city, uh, that we were not going out in, in, in the nights. And I was reading this passage two, three years ago, four, five, sorry, four, five years ago, and I was asking myself, what is going to be my prayer right now? And it's easy for us to pray for safety. Is wrong to pray for safety? Safety? No. It is wrong to, to pray that God will bring peace to the city? No. But sometimes we bring this prayer to say, God, please eliminate the drug violence. Just eliminate the, this is, uh, crime. God, please help us and, and be safety. And, and what is in our hearts? Comfort. I want just to be comfort. I don't want to be scary. But what about praying for God, what you want from us? in the midst of the drug violence and the crime. What you want, not just for us, what you want that we do as a church in the midst of this violence? That is more a prayer in the gospel. When we focus more on what is the will of God for God, for us, for the church, for our movement, and when I have the gospel in my mind, I can be praying constantly. For what? For Monroe Church, for the Church of the Redeemer, for my friend in West Africa now. Because what? I have the gospel here. I, got, I have the gospel in my prayer more than my needs. And it's nothing wrong to pray for my needs, my desires. The problem is we keep there just asking for us, and for us, and for us, and for us. 
And Paul is saying, pray. I always pray with you, for you. How? With joy. Why? Because of the gospel. Now, I can ask, and I don't want to you raise your hands, but even pastors, I mean, it's Nathaniel here, Dean, Raphael, and others, who is satisfied with his prayer life? It's one thing that you never are satisfied with your prayer life. You are always like a lacking something. There's missing something in my, in my prayer life. And one of the things is, is we think that our prayer life is, is our thing. It's our responsibility. It's like saying, oh, God save me. Now because God saved me by grace, now my job is what? To pray. It's my thing. It's my responsibility. And when we fail to pray one and twice and three times and many times and we don't pray and we don't pray, we just sometimes like a give up. And we don't understand that we have a partner in prayer. When I was reading the text, I found this um, commentator for, I think, centuries ago, Andrew Murray. And he has an article that says, how can we conquer a life of prayerlessness? Hopefully I say right. Prayerlessness. How can we conquer that? And he says, first, we have to realize that it's a battle for our whole life. Doesn't matter if you are 40, 30, 50, 80. It's a battle for our whole life. Second, he says, it is impossible to change. God can help us in our life of prayerlessness in Jesus Christ. And then... I have the quote and says, Andrew Murray said, God is with you in the inner room because many times we don't know that uh, that, that moment in the Lord, in his tender love, was looking down upon you and saying, you cannot pray. You feel that all is cold and dark. Why not give yourself over my hands? Only believe that I am ready to help you in prayer. I long greatly to share abroad my love in your heart so that you, in the consciousness of the weakness, my confidence rely on me to bestow the grace of prayer. Just as I, I will cleanse you from all the sins, so I will deliver from the sin of prayerlessness. Only do not seek the victory in your own strength. Bow before me as one who expects everything from his Savior. Let your soul keep silence before me. However sad you feel your state to be, be assured of this. I will teach you how to pray. In an inner room, Many times, 
we fail because we didn't ask, Lord, help me to pray. We think that we know. We think that we can do it. And we fail. Because we don't start thinking that in our inner room, we need the grace of the Lord. And you know, we have a Savior. We have our Lord Jesus Christ that is in the right hand of the Father. What? Interceding for us. Even when you don't come to the Lord, He knows you. And He knows your needs, your desires. And if you don't come, He intercedes for you. It's not amazing. Therefore, when we come, we, we come to Him. Let's ask Him, Lord, help me to pray. Let, let me, help me to have this communion. Let me rejoice in this time. Let me to pray in the gospel. Let me to think about missions. Let me to think about my friends in West Africa or in Mexico or in U.S. or around the world. Help me, please. Because if not, you don't help me, I will keep my prayer in my needs and just my needs and just my needs. And we all do that. I don't think nobody here can say that it was just easily to fall in this trap one and another and another. One of the things that we do in the CPI is try to be partners with the church planters in prayer. And one of the key aspect is mentoring. And I didn't ask the permission to Gabriel to say it, but I, I was the mentor of Gabriel seven, eight years ago when he moves from the south to the north. And we start re this relationship. And in the beginning, I remember Gabriel saying, oh, I know what to do because I have some experience. And I was telling what he says, um, the north is different. <laughs> People is different here. And, and, and he explained the testimony. It was, it was hard for, for him. But what I remember, we, we, met, we were meeting every other week, kind of um, regularly. And we spent kind of a one hour and a half just talking about the church planting project. And it took one year and a half, one year and a half, Later, Gabriel says, Jorge, now I trust you. And I can share with you this. Relationships are very important. Are the key aspects of church planting. Church planters need people who are behind them, praying for them. Church planter need because it's sometimes really a lonely job. People who comes and walk with them and says, I want to pray with you.
and takes time. But it's what we need, partners in prayer. And I know that you have been a partner in prayer with us, with West Africa, with the Campus Crusade, Campus Outreach, and other organizations. And like Nathaniel says, please continue. Be partner with us in prayer. Pray for us. Pray for the kingdom. Pray that in Mexico we can really share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second Paul says that we need partners in resources. And the partner in, in the gospel, the, the word for partnership here is exactly the word that Dean says. It's koinonia. It's the Greek word koinonia. And the word refers not only to financial contributions, but also the notes, cooperation with the apostle in the widest sense, whether in sympathy or in suffering or in acting labor. Paul, to the letter, gives thanks to the church because they have been always taking care of him. This was a church really always take care of Paul. And if we can read the, the whole chapter in chapter 2, Paul, the church sent Epaphroditus with a love offering for Paul and his need. And Paul received this love offering and he sent back Epaphroditus to, to the church, to work with the church. But it was not the, the first time. In chapter 4, 14 to 17, Philippians 4, 14 to 17, Paul says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintances, acquaintances, well, with the gospel, that is a hard word to say in English. Uh, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonia, you sent me eight more than once when I was in it. Not that I desire your gift. What I desire is that, that more be credit to your account. Now, when you read carefully, sometimes the giver says, Oh, I am good because I am giving to others. You know? I'm giving to the poor. I'm giving to the needy. Oh, I am really good. But Paul is saying to the church, you know, I want you to do this because of that, because of the sake of me. That's great. I'm going to receive your love offering. No, for the sake of what? Of yourself. The stricken part is, 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 Paul is saying, it's good for the receiver, but it's good for what? For the giver. And look in Acts chapter 20, verse 13 says, Paul is quoting the Lord Jesus Christ in Acts 20, 35. 
And Paul says, it is more blessed to what? To give than to receive. Therefore, it's a blessing to give. It's for our, our own good. And it's a blessing for what? For the receiver. And I can give you thanks, my friends, church, because you have been giving us to us. And I really give thanks to you. Because you have been givers. But I ask you to continue to be givers. Like Dean says, the partnership in resources is how we can bless you. We want to be a blessed for you in, in whatever. Probably we don't have money. But we have other things that we can give you as we receive from you. That is all the partnership all about. Paul is saying exactly that to the church. You are giving me... I gave to you. We are growing in what? In Jesus Christ. And it's amazing for me to go in Mexico, and especially because I am from the north, uh, from Monterrey. I don't know. I, it's difficult to explain the, the change. But poor people in Mexico really give a lot. Every time that I have a pastor coming to Monterrey, and I try, or a group of people, and I try to f uh, fi find homes to host this. The families always says, oh, I don't have a room, uh, I don't have a good bed. I, and they start just thinking about, like, a, it, it, like a, the missionary or the pastor wants a hotel, you know? And they want to give a hotel for, for the missionary and pastor. And when we travel, we are not looking for a hotel. We are, we are looking for, for people who want to open their homes for us. When I was, and, and Olga and I were at the same time in, in, in the seminary, my wife and Olga and I were at the same time. The seminary and the undergraduate school that we went in Mexico City, uh, at the end of the school year, we have a choir. And for two weeks, we went to different cities we, uh, and visited different churches. Uh, and we, we sing and preach and invite young guys to come to the ministry. And one year we went to the south east of Mexico where, where Olga is, the state of Chiapas, beautiful state. And the Presbyterian church in Chiapas is really strong, especially in the native people, the Indians. And we went to this beautiful small city, the name San Cristobal de las Casas. And in the suburbs, in the San Cristobal de las Casas, live 15,000 uh, chamulas. And the chamulas were kicked out from the land because of the gospel. And they moved from, from their own town, own land, to live here in the suburbs of San Cristobal because of the gospel. They were persecuted. And you have here, around in the suburbs of San Cristobal, 15,000 chamulas and three mega churches of 5,000 each church. Beautiful churches. But in that time, when we were in this kind of a traveling with the choir, we went to San Cristobal and we will be there on Wednesday night. And we knew from the beginning that we were not going to homes because literally they didn't have a space for us. Plus, the men were in the field working, 
and, and the men were in the field. They work all Monday to Friday and come back to their homes Friday, uh, the weekend. Therefore, we'll be in the church just women and children. And we knew ahead of time. Therefore, we were ready to sleep on the bus or in the floor of the church. But after the worship Wednesday night, we went to this small room for dinner. And they gave us beans, tortillas for dinner, and goat, goat cheese. Of course, a Mexican dinner without salsa is not Mexican. <laughs> and of course, a lot of tomatoes and hot pepper, you know, spicy peppers, salsa. But what, is, what was amazing is goat cheese, it was a delicacy. It was what they were selling for living. That was not part of their diet. What they eat is just the beans, the tortillas, and the salsa. Therefore, they were giving to us all what they have. And I can remember almost the smelling of the beans and the goat and the salsa. I was 20 years old. And because what? They were giving really with love. And then we have to split the group, women in one part and men in the other, girls and boys. And we were thinking, oh, the bus is going to be better for women. Therefore, we sent the women to the bus to sleep on the bus. And men, boys, will be on the floor. Suddenly, they... The, the, the ladies of the church, they cut branches of pines. Many, many, many branches. And they put it on the floor. And really make a bed. Beautiful bed, just with branches of pines. No? It's pines. Big, large trees. And it was so comfortable. <laughs> we just put a sheet and a sleep. Amazing. They were giving us all what they have. And I think in missions is all about that. Giving what we have. That is partnership in resources. Where we learn that, my friends, in the gospel. where we learn to give all in the gospel. Our Father gave His only begotten Son. Because what? Because He loved us. The gospel means that our Lord Jesus Christ was abandoned by his father on the cross when he was carrying on our sins. Our Lord Jesus Christ was alone in order that you and me will never be alone again. One of the main promises of the scriptures 
is, I will be with you. I will be with you always. In worship, I will be with you. In the Great Commission, what the Lord says in Matthew 28, I will be with you. It's not all the gospel all about the great joy of knowing that we are not alone. That our Lord is with us. That he has died for our sins, but that he has loved us in a way that he is always taking care of us. That is a huge partnership in the gospel. That promise makes our hearts rejoice because the Lord is with us. And Paul says, and I'm finishing, Paul says in, four, in, in verse 4, he who began a good work in us will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ. We have a partner in prayer, our Lord, who is at the right father, at the right hand of the Father, praying constantly for us. We have a partner in resources, our Father and Lord, who gave everyone, everything for us. We have a partner in the gospel that he will complete what he began in our lives. And hopefully, Church of the Redeemer, we can work together for many more years. Because when that work will be completed, we will see each other in heaven. And you know the picture. It's going to be for every nation, every tongue, everywhere. And we will be worship our Lord like we are doing here together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your love in Jesus Christ to us. We give you thanks because you made us differently, with a different language, with a different sometimes worldview with a different way of doing things. and But that's the beauty. The beauty is that we can learn from one another. The beauty is that there is no culture that is perfect. There is no culture that is better than others. It's just in the gospel that we can understand unity, 
It's just in the gospel that we can understand that we need each other. It's just in the gospel that we can give and receive from others. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for constantly intercede for us. Thanks because we can see here this one body of Christ working together for your kingdom. And we ask that you can help us to be a blessing to the nations in different ways, different times, with different resources. Help us to work together for your kingdom. Thanks, Lord. In Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. God bless you. Would you stand? respond one voice.
to ask care team and the elders to come forward if you'd like to pray uh, we'd love to pray with you as a great exhortation from our brother this morning and a marvelous word from the gospel bro that's good stuff uh, we're called to go to mission and uh, we're called to now from this conference do three things go pray as Jorge called us to do from scripture pray about how we might share our resources that koinonia partnership uh, with our people through faith promise as well as the normal giving to the, to the one fund but also start thinking about how we can go to mexico to uh, uh togo west africa and even other new places that god calls us to this coming year and the years ensuing god has called us to give ourselves away and now i'm going to ask jorge to call uh, to send us off with the benediction of the lord jorge El Señor, el Señor te bendiga y te guarde. El Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti y tenga de ti misericordia. Que el Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti y te dé paz. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his face upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Unleash your kingdom's power. Reaching here and I didn't talk
Answers in History. Yeah.